You know, this morning, spent time blessing each other as we enter various new stages of life. And on a morning of blessings, I think it worth asking the question, who did Jesus think was blessed? Who are the kind of people that Jesus saw as uniquely advantaged or blessed? It probably comes as no surprise where I'm going to head. I'm going to head to the Beatitudes this morning. I want to give some attention to them. In Matthew chapter 5, of course, Jesus delivers his most famous sermon, Sermon on the Mount. And for us Jesus Path people, this is like the charter. This is like the constitution of the Jesus Path. It's the constitution of Jesus' kingdom, what he lays out. And what he lays out in the Sermon on the Mount are things that we are asked to value and to lean into. And before Jesus launches into this sermon, he starts the sermon with an eightfold announcement. And that are the Beatitudes. And these announcements, are, they're not so much commands or like, hey, you have to live this way. It's more an announcement, you could say, about those who are best situated to hear the kingdom of God as good news. And so Jesus essentially starts his sermon by saying, here are the kinds of people who will hear about my path and find it to be good news. And so there's eight groups of people. And I want to get to them, and it's, I think, worth asking ourselves, huh, do I fit into any of these eight categories? Now, of course, the Beatitudes are overly familiar uh, to many of us, and so I'm going to read them, but I'm going to also attach um, a Brian Zahn paraphrase, the BZV, you could say, uh, of these Beatitudes, because I think it brings a bit of a fresh reading, but I think it's an opportunity for us to say, huh, do, do these announcements make sense to me? Do I hear them as good news or bad news? So that's what we're going to do. This is how it starts in Matthew chapter 5. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him and he began to teach. He said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. We've all heard that before. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Well, I don't know. What, is that? what does that mean? I like the way Brian Zahn says it. Blessed are those who are poor at being spiritual, for the kingdom of heaven is well suited for ordinary people. Oh, that's good news for me. That is good news for me. It's a bit of an awkward thing being a pastor and being poor at being spiritual, but that's what I am. Are you rather pedestrian and ordinary and find it hard to be spiritual? Yes, good news. Kingdom. Jesus' path is for you. I was reminded of how bad I am at being spiritual this, this summer. My friend Riley, I've mentioned him plenty of times to you all, he's getting married on September 30th. I'm in the wedding party. It's been, I haven't been in a wedding party in a while. And I'm, he's got us wearing kilts, which is going to be something. But uh, as a sort of goodbye to bachelorhood, we took what I presume to be our final wilderness pilgrimage this summer. Riley, myself, another pastor friend named John head out into the wilderness and uh, we drive and then hike. But every day at the beginning 
of our day, as we got in the car and started driving, uh, Riley brought along this book, Daily Prayers, by, I don't even know how to say it, Padraig Otuama. And we would begin our day with a prayer, set our intentions, beautiful prayers in this book. But on one particular morning, it had been a bit of a late night, you know how it is, and we got into the car, and Riley's like, okay, let us begin our day with a prayer, and he started reading. I said, would you stop? Just, I can't do it this morning, Riley's like, what are you talking about? I said, I can't be spiritual before I have coffee. I said, we need to stop. I need coffee. He's like, are you serious? I'm like, yeah, I really can't get into this. I can't, I can't do this until we had coffee. And so we pull off the highway and we pull into, I've never seen this coffee shop before, Dutch Brothers Coffee. Interesting little place, coffee shop. So we pull over and you actually, you walk up to the window. And so I walked up to the window and I said, hello. And they said, hello. And I said, I'll have a coffee with the cream and sugar. And they said, we don't serve coffee. And I said, oh, sorry, am I at the wrong place? Is this a coffee shop? I said, yep. I said, okay, well, I'll have a coffee with the cream and sugar. And they said, we don't serve coffee. I'm like, what? I said, no, you can have an Americano or a macchiato or some other fancy drink, but we don't serve coffee. I said, you don't have a pot of coffee back there? He's like, no, we can get you an Americano or macchiato. I said, it's Dutch Brothers coffee. It's, third, it's in the name, and they had no coffee. I'm tired of coffee snobs. Can I just, a whole restaurant, a coffee shop that doesn't serve coffee. And in that moment, not only did I realize how poor I was at being spiritual, I realized, wow, I'm just an ordinary person. What happened to us? It's turned into everybody. You know, this is going to surprise some of you. Sarah Holmes is quite the coffee snob. She, uh, she won't even drink a coffee from Tim Hortons. She says it tastes like chicken noodle soup. And I just, I'm tired of <laughs> Sarah. Just ordinary people like me who will drink Tim Hortons coffee. Now, if you're like me, good news. Jesus' path is for ordinary folk. People who don't have special orders at Starbucks, good news. Jesus' path is for us. For those who are poor at being spiritual. And you know, I happen to think that this is an amazing pronouncement for us here at Nexus. Because I'm just going out on a limb here. I have a hunch uh, that uh, of all the things we're known for, I don't know what they are, but I have a feeling we're not known for being super spiritual here at Nexus. But good news that means that Jesus' path is for us. And if you're sitting here thinking, boy, I'm not really good at being spiritual, <laughs> this is an amazing announcement. Good news. I was reminded, I, I get in trouble from Kristen every time I uh, suggest a U2 song, so I skipped it this week. But Bono, in his infinite wisdom, reminds us that blessings aren't just for the ones who kneel Luckily. Blessings aren't just for the super spiritual. No. Jesus' path for those who are poor of being spiritual. It's for the ordinary. Second, I fit in that one, so that one works. I'm feeling good news. Blessed are those who mourn, 
for they will be comforted. Or as Brian Zahn says, blessed are the depressed who mourn and grieve, for they create space to encounter comfort from another. You know, Walter Brueggemann writes and speaks at length about how we in the West are just in constant denial. We're coached to always have a brave face on. Never lean too hard into grief. Just stuff it. But for Jesus, his path and his kingdom are good news to the depressed in the morning. And why? Because on the Jesus path, you don't have to put on the brave face. On the Jesus path, you're not going to ask or, or, or have to pretend that everything's good. Because it feels that way everywhere else in life, right? Go out, put on the brave face. On the Jesus path, you don't have to. And you know, on a morning where we wanted to celebrate new, new children and celebrate new seasons, this is why we thought it incredibly important to bless and notice and mark time with those who are grieving, with those who have lost someone, with those who are entering a difficult season of life, because we don't want you to have to pretend here. We're not going to ask you to sing happy, clappy Jesus songs, because life's not always like that. Um, um, this past week, many of you will not know, but um, Lauren and, and Julie Shilanko were, were part of our Nexus community. They always sat right over here. And Lauren passed away quite suddenly last week. And... Their story, his story, was so similar to many of you here. Lauren was a, a, a classical pianist. He was a prophet, um, Laurier. And um, he came here after being burned by two churches. He thought, I'm done. I'm done with church. And he came and he didn't... Because he was burned by church, he didn't want to really get to know anyone, sort of <laughs> some of our story here too, right? He sort of came and just sort of sat and did his thing. And uh, I last talked to Lauren on August 28th, 10 days before he passed, and he was ex excited because he had an idea. He wanted a classical pianist. He wanted to, to do a piece for us on Good Friday, and he... Uh, was excited about possibly sharing with Nexus, and, and on August 28th, he emailed me, said, hey, I'm going to debut this piece at the university, I'm going to play it on September 30th, would you like to come and just hear it, you know, before we maybe do this a good Friday, and I had to tell him, no, I'm away at a wedding that weekend, so I won't be able to make it, and that was the last time I talked to Lauren. And... Sarah reminded me of this story. I thought it was interesting. Lauren would come out. He loved campfires. And so during COVID, I would have campfires in my backyard, right? Invite people out. And Lauren came out, and we were asking questions around the circle. What is the, what we asked everyone in the circle that night is, what is the one thing you're sure of? And you know, most of us go around, I think I'm sure of love, you know, different things are sure of. Uh, never forget Lauren's answer. What's one thing you're sure of? He said, suffering. Suffering. 
That's life. Suffering. We will all know at some point pain. And Jesus said, good news for those who are depressed and mourning. Because on my path, not only is there hope, but you don't have to pretend. And so often in churches, we would just put a veneer over how difficult life is. Not every new fall, every new season is a welcome time for people. Some people in our midst are entering a season of mourning. And here, on Jesus' path, you don't have to pretend. Third, blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Or, blessed are the gentle and trusting, who are not grasping and clutching, for God will personally guarantee their share when heaven comes to earth. This beatitude is the one that empires and strong nations believe the least. This is the beatitude that success narratives and workaholics believe the least. This is the beatitude that folks looking for a big following on social media believe the least. This is the beatitude that megachurches believe the least. Those who are gentle and trusting, not looking to grasp and clutch after power or influence our success. You know, in our world, we believe those people are weak. But the meek are not weak. They're the ones who are strong enough to trust Jesus. Those content, you know what, I don't need the power, I don't need the influence, I don't need the privilege. The Jesus path is good news because the promise is you'll get your fair share. You don't seek after it here, that's not to be worried. You'll be granted your fair share when the Jesus kingdom fully comes. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for justice, for they will be filled. You know, in most English translations, we we read this, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. But in Greek, uh, there's not two different words. Righteousness and justice are the same word. So you could read it this way. Blessed are those who ache for the world to be made right. For them, the government of God is a dream come true. Blessed are the ones, Jesus said, who are world-weary. Those of us who know deep down something's very wrong with this world that makes us ache, makes us tired, right? Makes us weary. Some of us are just so tired, it beats us down, right? This world makes you weary, seems hopeless, perpetually messed up. He said, good news for those in this camp. Because when my kingdom comes in its totality, it's going to be like a dream come true for you. But you know who this isn't good news for? The comfortable. You know what? Life's pretty good. I like things kind of right as they are. Those who feel comfy. Those who, who aren't feeling the pinch at the grocery store these days. Those who aren't bothered by climate change. Ah, whatever. Those are like, ah, who cares about the war in Ukraine? For those who can just shrug it all off, say, ah, those issues don't affect me. Uh Uh-oh, this isn't good news for you. Because the Jesus path and kingdom is not about keeping the status quo. For those who ache for a world to be made right, to be right, Jesus says, good news. You're in a unique position to see my path and my kingdom. You, You will see it as good news. 
Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are those, you could read it this way, who give mercy for they'll get it back when they need us most. Apostle James tells us mercy triumphs over judgment. And the Apostle Paul tells us, don't talk about this a lot, Apostle Paul tells us that every single one of us will stand one day before the judgment seat of Christ. How's that going to go? What is secret and hidden will be revealed. But, Jesus said, good news, you get to decide how that little meeting goes. Jesus says, for the folks who are merciful, my path is good news because mercy is going to be shown to you as well. And uh, I thought about this a bit. I have a feeling that when I stand before the judgment seat of Jesus, um, a lot of what Jesus and I are going to talk about are private conversations I've had with Kristen. Because in public, I can do pretty well at the mercy thing. But at home, oh boy, I can be harsh. And I tell Kristen all about my judgments of people. Look at these people messing up their lives. Look at those people. I, just, I tell her all my thoughts that I normally keep inside. Why are they making such dumb decisions? I'm, I can be quite mm, judgmental of people. And I have an imagination exercise here. This is complete conjecture, okay? But I have an imagination exercise to do, because here's the thing. I often wonder what it will look like in the new heavens and new earth. And I've often wondered why Jesus says there will be no marriage in the new heavens and new earth. I can't tell you how much that bothered me when I was 16. I'm like, I got to get married before heaven comes. Got to get in the sex, you know? Um, But that was my imagination. It would be so awful there. But I've wondered about this. Why no marriage, new heavens, new earth? And I've come to think of this. There will be no marriage, again, conjecture, but because I think in the new heavens, new earth, we will be completely and totally available to others in every possible way. And I've come to imagine that in Jesus' kingdom, part of that will mean an intimacy with other people that we can only dream of or imagine here. And I've often thought about um, the movie Avatar. And I didn't remember the movie, was, but there's this one scene where these, whatever those creatures are, right, it's sort of this pseudo, I don't know what it is, but their tails join, if you remember the movie. Their tails join, and in that moment when they join tails with someone, they're given complete access to the other person's history, memories, emotions, pains. They can see the totality of the other person, their entire experience. And I've come to think in my imagination that that's a bit what new heavens and new earth will be look like. We will know each other in that sort of deep, intimate way. And when we do, my inclination is this, that the most profound feeling we will have in that moment, knowing each other, will be mercy. Because it's so easy when you don't know about the life of others, their experiences, to look at them and be like, oh, what a stupid, why are they doing that? But in complete intimacy, new heavens, new earth, I think that union with others, everything will make complete sense. It'll be like, ah, you voted for Trump? 
I know why. Because I can see your complete and total experience. Oh, you committed that crime, you got hooked on those drugs, you messed up that relationship, whatever it is. All those things that we look at and judge other people for, I believe in that moment we'll be like, oh, 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 I get it. Because I can see you totally now. And I would have done the same thing in your situation. Blessed are the merciful. And when you're merciful, you know you're going to get it back. Stand before Jesus and say, hey, I was merciful. Cool. This is going to go well. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Or blessed are those who have a clean window in their soul, for they will perceive God when and where others don't. What does it mean to be pure in heart? Quite simple. You're not cynical. It means you're not cynical. Cynicism, Jesus says on his path, if you're cynical, your heart's hard, you will find it very difficult to see me at work. And boy, is it hard not to be cynical today. God, the church sucks. It's always corrupt trying to keep people down. Politics is the worst. Every single politician is corrupt. They're all just power hungry. Men are the worst. Privileged sexual deviants that they are. Republicans or conservatives are the worst. They're just racist bigots, right? We just get this, mm, judgment, cynical. There's nothing good. And Jesus says, hmm, It's the pure in heart who are blessed. It's the people who assume the best of others who will be able to see and perceive me at work. This is not good news for the cynical. It's bad news. Maybe, if you're wondering why you don't see or perceive God at work in the world, one possible explanation may be that your heart's too cynical. Perhaps you assume too much of the worst. And listen, I gotta be honest, I think when it comes to the Beatitudes, I'm batting about 500. I think a few of the categories are good news for me. Um, I think I fit within some of them. Uh, I worry I'm firmly on the outside of this one. Brad, bad news, you're gonna have trouble seeing and perceiving me at work because your heart has grown old and cynical. I had a, uh, a stark moment of realization of this traveling this summer with some other families, and uh, we did Angel's Landing in Zion National Park. And I, I, I talked to Jen about this. She said it was okay. We were hiking this. Angel's Landing is terrifying. It's not only a cardiovascular war on the body to get up to the part, but then there, there are moments when the path is this wide, And on either side, it's like a thousand-foot drop. You're going to die. You don't want to trip. You don't want to fall. It's terrifying. And Jen, bless her heart, was terrified. And I think, there, look it, look it. Me, you can only get a pass for four. It's the four of us hiking. Christy, Jen, Kristen, myself. And Jen was terrified, like clutching people in rocks to not fall, which is totally understandable. But something happened. I thought I was doing my part by leading the charge. I thought I was going to set a good example. I was up and up ahead. Uh, but I didn't realize we had left poor Jen behind. And uh, a man appeared named David. And David was able to talk and work her through step by step up the path. But when I first saw David and 
and asked him a few questions, I instantly knew how I felt about him. David was from Texas. And he worked at Lockheed Martin, building warplanes. And immediately, I was like, I know everything I need to know about this guy. Trump-loving, Republican-voting. Does anything good come from Texas? I don't know. Barbecue, maybe, but made instant judgment. And then, over the course of an hour, watching how patient and kind and generous he was, helping us up the path, and I immediately felt guilty. Because it's easy up here in Canada to look down there and be like, ah, crazies. But then you meet one. You're like, my goodness, they're so nice. Texas people are nice. At least David was. And in that moment, for a brief window, my heart was made clean. I could see God at work. When you're not cynical, with a pure heart, you can see God at work even in impure people and places, and dare I even say it, churches. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God, or this, I love this, blessed are the bridge builders in a war-torn world, for they're God's children working in the family business. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. In his death and resurrection, we say he's ushered in a kingdom of peace. We belong to that kingdom, to that age of peace. need to say this. There is no way to peace. Peace is the way. And too often, the church has become victim to playing sides. Right now, the Russian Orthodox Church, blessing, sanctioning Russia and their weapons of war, and quite frankly... The leaders of the Russian Orthodox Church need to get on their knees and repent because they've lost the plot. There are churches who get caught in always wanting to fight politically or otherwise, or partisan political folk. You can't get past them because they're always on one side of the issue, and it's just like, oh, ideologues, be it those on the right or the left, always intent, going to make this an issue, let's fight over this. Jesus says, blessed are the bridge builders in a war-torn world, working in the family business. Oh, I love that. I love thinking about it. Yeah, I'm just working in the family business. There's no way to peace. Peace is the way. And then finally, blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who are mocked and misunderstood for the right reasons. For the kingdom of heaven comes to earth amidst such persecution. I'm going to ask the band to come and close us. Blessed are you when you're mocked, misunderstood, even though you're doing the right thing. Blessed are you when the group of people standing around being all cynical and jaded about something, and you're like, you know what, I actually see some good there. Blessed are you when... You're made fun of because everyone's casting judgment on someone and you're like, you know, I bet you they have their reasons for doing what they're doing. 
Blessed are you when everyone's like, you got to be here, and if you're not here, you're wrong. You say, you know what, maybe there's nuance. Maybe there's a way to dialogue between warring factions. And when you're mocked and misunderstood for those reasons, Jesus says, hey, the kingdom of heaven, it's present in those moments. It comes to earth in the middle of such things. This morning, we wanted to bless everyone in new seasons of life, whatever that looks like, but I wanted to call attention to what Jesus says is blessed. And in these eight groups of people are the ones uniquely in a position to be able to see God at work who will find the Jesus path to be good news. I hope and trust for many of those categories, at least, you find them to be good news. Dave and Ben.